we're we're almost out, right? We're almost didn't we give put a limit on how many maps uh, anywheres we I, give away this with is the RGBs? best value we've ever done, right? Well, I think we only I think we have like five or six available. Okay, That's it. so check this out: the RGB bundle, nine months of exercise programming. It's maps anabolic, maps performance, maps aesthetic. Every three weeks, you're changing phases. It's each program is like three programs within each program. Uh, but here's what we, what we were offering. Yes. Get the RGB bundle. You're going to get the sexy athlete mod. You're going to get the butt builder mod for free. And we're also going to throw in, for the first time, we've never done this before, we're throwing in a maps program for free. You're going to get maps anywhere for free. This is our equipment, no equipment required maps program thrown in for free. And it's limited. Uh, we put We set a limit to 50. And we're, we're almost, almost out. Yeah. Well, it also comes with a uh, suspension trainer mod inside there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we have a stick mobility mod. So those are all the mods that you're getting free when you get this program. Wow. So you're going to get maps red, green, and black, severely discounted, free mods. And then we throw in maps white for free, which is your equipment free workout that you could do when you're traveling or if you want to mix things up. I mean, that's a lot of exercise programming. Oh, it's a great companion to our MAPS program. So much content, so much value. It's really a year's worth of training when you think about it, because you could either cycle back through red, or you can take the white on your vacations, because most people within a year's time are going on vacation a couple times, right? So It's I super mean, it's, convenient to have it, so why not you, put it in there? It's going to set you up for the rest of the year. Mindpumpmedia.com. That's for the RGB bundle, and we will throw in MAPS Anywhere for free. Mindpumpmedia.com. couple more left. Get them. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. One lady who ran the, the marketing, the social media and stuff marketing for, for Apple. And uh, she's like, no, nobody goes to websites anymore. Oh, no. She said nobody gives a shit about website. That's she's why like, it's the last thing to even put on there. You know, She's like, send people to your social media. Because you know, it's exactly what I what I told you guys when I was when I was searching through looking for information. I found myself anybody who had a website that didn't have a YouTube for me to watch and listen to, I just went right over it and mm -hmm. I thought to myself, here I am, doing research on other competitors or people in our field and their web pages, and I was supposed to be reading and looking what they're doing, and I got so tired of reading yeah. that I just wanted to watch people's videos, and I and I was like, holy shit! At that moment, I was like. <laughs> I'm doing this and it's my job to be looking at these people's shit and reading it. And I was already bored of it. Like, dude, how many people are like this? Especially the generation below us. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm fucking 35 years old and I act like that. Imagine a 25-year-old. Fuck, no. They ain't, read, <laughs> they ain't reading none of that shit. They're fucking going. True. They're just grazing right over that shit. Well, here's the thing. Like, uh, and you know, for, for this is for anybody who's trying to build any kind of presence online, which I don't care what business you have. You, you kind of have to now, right? That's the competitive market. And it's just the way it is. Like people want to see video. They want to see yeah. your social media. When you're taking a dump. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> nobody cares about your website anymore. Unless your website is a place where they can get this information. Why go to a website? A website's just your, it's fucking yeah. boring. Well, think about it. And we you know, know what I'm saying? Well, we that's know, more like a billboard than anything. We know website. this. We yeah, know hey, this. watch my billboard. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look at your Weave. fucking billboard. We, we know this from being in sales for so many years that, you know, people buy from people they, they like and there's no way to portray you through like text or, or through, a, you know, uh, an email or through a 
reading a website like you you could try your best to like give your bio and who you are but nothing delivers that better than like a video like you mm-hmm. see you just see their mannerisms they see how they talk how they act like this was that was one of the best parts about what we all saw with the the mind pump platform of a podcast was you know you know if you got people tuning in and listening to you for 45 minutes to an hour it gives you a chance to really convey who you are your message your beliefs like just a, a lot more comes across. Yeah, you get a lot more time to describe uh, things in, in fuller detail. Yeah, and for for me, it, it's a it's a must because I'm already uh, I've my whole life or a majority of my life I've this has been a challenge for me. Like I'm definitely that guy where after somebody's been like let's being coached. I just got a me- literally yesterday a message from a client of mine, and they said, you know, I just want to let you know that. Um, you know, we're on her second month right now or third month. We're going on her. We just finished two months. We're on our third month. And she's like, I have to tell you that, you know, I've known you for a couple of years before I decided to hire you. And, you know, you're totally different than what I, what I thought, you know, and this is someone who saw me on a regular basis. Now I didn't get really, they, she only saw me for 10 minute bouts and real short little conversations. And, and, and she got a chance to uh, really get to know like where my heart is, the, the who I really am by by listening to me and talking to her now on a regular basis. And you know it's hard to it's hard to do that. I get people people judge, man. You can't help it. We all do. You know mm. you you see somebody or, or and and instantly you want to put them in a category of oh this is like this this buff looking dude who's all he of must course. he must be self absorbed he must be an asshole he must be a steroid meathead he must you know what i'm saying like all these things like right away so i'm always having to knock walls down when i first first meet somebody and that's tough when you're trying to be yourself like i just want to be me and not have to like worry about what people think well but. i think the future i think the absolute future of uh, marketing especially if you are your own product which we are, right? Uh, what, what we're selling is us. Hello, buy me. Yeah, and uh, I think the future of that is not the old way of putting out um, processed, fake, you know, production of who you want people to think you are, because that worked in the past. Because in the past, it was print, which you don't get much out of print, right? It's like boom, that's it. You don't hear anything from them. They're not writing much, or it's TV. And most of TV uh, was was planned, pre-planned, written, and it was a character, right? Uh, one of the reasons why reality TV got so big was people kind of got a peek, or they felt like they got a, to peek into, you know, something that was a little more real. Well, the future um, is actually it's already here, and that's that people want to see real people, and this is good. This is a good thing because mm-hmm. uh, it breaks down walls, and I think, uh, you know, when you're presenting yourself. Rather than thinking about, I'm going to present myself in, a, in the in, in this particular fabricated Fit way. Into the formula. Yeah, I'm going to be me. And you know what's funny is you'll attract the other people that are like you. Well, That's not, just, o- not a, yeah. A, in, not, we're in a much bigger pond now. Well, not not only that, but you're. It's funny. Okay, I'll tell you what. When I first started, when I first got on social media, like Adam would, was like hammering me, like get on Instagram, and I was just like, eh. Uh, and one of the turnoffs, I'll be honest, about Instagram for me was, and I, I must have called it this 50 million times, is it's narcissism hell. It looks like that to me. Like you scroll through and it's just, it's like Facebook, but even worse because it's just pictures. And so when I first started on Instagram, I'm like, I'm going to post information. Like I know it's a pictures, you know, site, right? That's what it is. It's Instagram. It's about pictures. But I want to, you know, that's not me. I want to post my information because 
you know, I get the whole look thing, but there's also lots of information I want to convey. And I had people who I worked with um, who were social media experts, people who worked in the field, and they were telling me, like, no, Sal, you're doing it wrong. Like, Instagram's all about pictures. Like, stop posting long captions about, you know, information and yourself. And, like, nobody wants it. They just want to look at pictures. If you want a lot of followers, it's just about, you know, the picture. And um, it just it just rubbed me wrong. I couldn't really – and there were a couple posts where I tried doing that, and it just didn't feel right to me. So I stuck to my guns. And uh, as a result, although my following hasn't gotten massive, of the following that I've built from it, I've gotten lots of interaction. I've got lots of people who are – I feel like I'm impacting positively. I've learned a lot. Um, and, I, and I think people are appreciating the kind of that, – that realism that's coming from it. And I think that's the future of effective – marketing is that realism um and that's kind of the way we've tried to run the show which is interesting because uh now you start to see a lot more information coming about out that all these big accounts have bought all their followers and this is like an epidemic and and what's so interesting to me is to see the mentality that i even had you know when you when you look at somebody's number like you look at a million or you look at you know this i'm always like wow like i i've never even heard of this person why do so many people follow this person you know and it, it's so strange to me like did they get in very early did they make all these moves and like talk to this person share for share like share for share the shit out of themselves <laughs> you know to get that like like i'm just like trying to break down like how the hell did this happen dude we have do you know when i first started so i mean i was the first one right out of all of us that that ventured this way like that was like okay i know i need to do this and uh instagram was fairly new and I was and just like Justin just said right now, I was like searching through all these people that had millions of followers. And I was like, what the fuck are these guys doing? You know, and and there so there was lots of little things that I little things I noticed. And I tried to emulate that, like, you know, oh, there's like pages that was guys. Well, that's the businessman in you. Right. Yeah. yeah. We were trying to dissect the formula. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to figure it out because there was there's there was an ultimate goal behind all this was once I captured a large enough audience. Um, then, you know, then we would transition into the podcast and we, cause we knew we needed some sort of momentum before you launched them. Right. You know, I know a lot of people are like, you know, how do you get into podcasting? Well, it, it does help if you have a little bit of momentum heading into it, because, you know, imagine if we started a podcast and none of us had any social presence whatsoever. And we just, started, very difficult. You know, all, we just, all we had was yours. Yeah, all yeah. we had when we started mind pump was your uh, Instagram yeah, and your Facebook. If it wasn't for those two things, it would have been just like my family. <laughs> with <laughs> so my friends and shit. Hey, good one, bro. But it took some time and, and I actually really enjoy, I've enjoyed posting now versus posting when I first was growing up. Cause and when I first started, I was, I was trying to do what everybody else was doing to, to figure And I read eBooks and like, when am I supposed to post and how often and you know, what things to do. And just like you're saying, like, Man, I was I was doing the thing like I was all these, you know, half naked pictures and my shoes and all these things that like, you know, materialistic things that, you know, to make people like, oh, this is cool. He's got must have cool things. And I want to see what he's doing. Like, man, it just wasn't feeling it. It was but it was the, what I saw everybody else doing. So, you know, it, it is something that has only been around for a little while and you're starting to see it. And I love to see like a page like yours where. You know, there's great content behind it. And, and I feel like you follow a, a formula with it where, 
you know, you you get the the, the people are going to look because you're really fit and you and you post maybe a, a picture of your shirt off, but there's always a message behind that. You know, it's not just this narcissistic photo of look at me, you know, which also reminds me too of you know, a lot of these people that do this, a lot of people don't understand how fake uh, a lot of these these profiles really are. Like I know a lot of these fuckers that have a million followers and shit. And when you meet them in person and you, you, you know, like some of them fucking live at home with their parents, you know, what I'm saying they're they're posting their badass whip and, and they're this pro at doing this. And they, they put on this flamboyant lifestyle. I'm like, bro, you live with your fucking mom. Like you got all I can't believe there's a million people that are aspiring to be like you. Like who the fuck wants to be 28 and living at home with their well, mom dude. still with their BMW? I'm like, that's fucking not cool. But you borrowed a drone for the weekend. Bro, you know, these cool aerial shots. See, yeah. I'm I'm too Follow me. I'm too I would be too fearful that my cover would be blown. Like I could never be that guy. I could never <laughs> lie like that because I'd be like, well, fucking people see me like well, I'm, I'm we must have brought up that I drive a 2012 Jetta on the show a million times. Part of that reason is because I honestly don't care. I'm very confident in the fact that I don't care. But part of it's also like people are going to see me like I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to make up shit and try and project, portray something that I'm not because uh, you'll get found out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Here's the other thing, too. It's like when you see people on social media with these huge followings and they're doing nothing with it. What are they really doing? Yeah. You know what they're doing, right? It's a popularity contest. They're feeding their ego. Yeah, it's a popularity It has nothing contest. to do with anything, they're but they're- They're not even making money off of it. Dude, we know people personally. Uh, you know, we were just talking earlier, and I'm not going to name any names because it wouldn't be right, but we know people personally who've got, you know, over a quarter million followers or half a million followers, and they have done, not only have they done nothing with it, but they can't do anything with it. They can't figure out how to capture anything because from it. because their following is based on like this like this cosmetic the wrong stuff, which is where I was getting at with, with when I was first posting. Right. Mm-hmm, so if mm-hmm. you go back, those that have ever gone through like my old social media, all the way deep into my Instagram, you know, I was thousand likes on photos and way more way more interaction, but it was the wrong interaction. You know, it was people hitting on me or talking about my body or, you know, people sharing photos just because, you know, I'm like half naked on there. And those aren't those aren't real customers. You know, those aren't people seeking information or want to learn or want help. Those are people that are just looking at you half naked. And a lot of these these big social media people, they get so focused on the number of people that are following them. They're so concerned that I've got a quarter million followers and they feel like that's a big accomplishment. But it's like. Dude, 90% of those people don't give a shit what you have to say. You're a pretty face, you know, or you you have some sort of fame because you were on TV or something and you've got yourself all this, you know, celebrity status, but you have no way to turn that into any sort of a business. And it's not as simple as everybody thinks like you do that and then you create something and then a percentage of those people all buy. Like, no, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Well, you way. have to, two things. Number, And I was just talking about this uh, with Jessica this morning. We were talking about uh, the kind of impact that you want to make uh, in, you know, right now in the, in the arena of fitness and health. And the impact that... Uh, if you truly want to make a real impact, you have to be true. You have to be honest with yourself. The second you start to move away from that and you start to think about the things that you should say or the things that you should portray because, like you're saying, uh, this is what gets likes. This is what gets followers. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not Actually, reality is in the long run, you're going to do worse because you're not making 
a real impact. Let me let me let me break it down even further. If you could truly impact uh, two thousand people, you're going to be from a business perspective. Um, forget about the now we're talking about being honest with yourself, being true to yourself. But now let's just look at business. You take two thousand people and you create a real impact in their lives. Business wise, that's worth more than. 200,000 people that just like your photos. Excellent point. But much more. And there's there are businesses that demonstrate this. Uh, there was uh, one podcast, and I can't remember, uh, I think it was Entrepreneur on Fire, I don't remember the name of it, uh, where this guy was talking about, and part of his podcast is he's explaining how you make money podcasting. Mm-hmm. And this guy was bringing in revenues of like, you know, $100,000 to $200,000 a month of revenue. He doesn't have a huge audience, but he has a product and coaching where he'll charge $1,000 for this you know, intensive coaching. Now, when people spend $1,000 on your services, it's because you are making a tremendous impact and because they're seeing a return. Like, I'm going to spend $1,000 on something if I'm going to get $2,000 back or $3,000 right. back or whatever I'm getting back is totally worth it. So this guy is extremely successful, not because... He's reached millions and millions and millions of people, but because he's reached some people, but on a very deep, uh, impactful way. And to be honest with you, I would rather do that. And of course, we want to reach as many people as possible, but I don't want to just reach people and have zero impact. I want to reach the people I do reach. I want to have, I want them to leave feeling like they got something out of it and that I've done something for them. And in return, this is the selfish part of me. Uh, I like also learning and growing from those interactions. And believe me, uh, you can look at, you can listen, shit, you could go back to Mind Pump episode one, start from there and listen to our episodes and you can hear us changing and Mm -hmm. growing. And some of that has come from working with you guys Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's come from our fans. Well, A A lot lot of it's come from the shit people have pointed out and talked to us about. We continue to grow. Of course. I think that's that's an important point to make that when we started this, um, Although we had a vision and a direction, we knew that it would forever be evolving and changing. I think people have to understand that too. If you if you dove into social media and your intentions were to turn it into a business, uh, if you're doing the same things that you were doing a year ago and stuff, you're doing the wrong things. You know, you you mm-hmm. should always be evolving and changing and growing. And you know, a lot of like I said, my, if you were to go back, I, I laugh when I go back and look at my Instagram when I first started, but that was, that was part of the growing process for me. Like I wasn't, uh, and it wasn't ever about a popularity contest. Just like you said, it was, you know, I'm trying to grab the attention of these people. And that's when I figured it out, I was like, I was getting all these people, but I was like, then all they cared about was my shoes, my car, my body. Like that's not the message that I'm trying to get. That's not my business either. And what kind of an impact does that really make? Yeah. What am I really doing with those people? You know? So you know, then I then I started a transition where I was writing more content, and I saw saw the direction that was going. And then, but then I also learned too that if you just did that, then I was also losing people. So there's like this. You're being. You see, here's the thing: you got to be smart. Like yeah. with like, I'll, I'll definitely got to have your flavor on it, just like we've always said. Like yeah. it, it has to reflect who you are and like how your personality, how you project yourself on a daily basis. Like you know, for me, it's a, it looks totally different from me as opposed to you or Adam. You know, so definitely you have it has to be like oh just. Justin said that, you know, because it, it it is a reflection of how I interact with people. And and you also, you know, and yes, you have to be smart about it. like what Adam was saying, you know, will you post an alluring picture or should you post an alluring picture? Yes, sometimes because <laughs> it gets there. It's the bait. 
that's the bait. I clearly, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, posting pictures of myself with my shirt off, I honestly, when every, t- every fucking time I do it, I cringe only because, not because of body image issues. I'm comfortable with myself now. I don't give a shit. I'll walk around naked on camera if you want. No big deal. The 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 part that makes Stop. me cringe. Yeah, please don't. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> can you get the wide angle uh, lens? Uh, calm your buddy down, please. I uh, but I'll tell you why I cringe. I cringe because I feel like I'm feeding into what I don't like about the fitness industry. Yeah, which is the cosmetic yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I say to myself, now Sal, all you're doing is you're baiting people you're who want to look a at funnel that. of truth. They're they're going to bait them by looking at that picture, and then I'm going to trick them into reading my shit. Yeah. And then I'm going to make the impact. Oh, you're looking at my dick? And so, oh, yeah? You just <laughs> learned something. Let me drop a knowledge bomb on you. Here's yeah. a picture of my dick, and here's a post about ketones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, but like, it, whoa. Because you're just, I'm just trying to finagle Strangely it. Strangely aroused. In a way to make, that, uh, to make that impact. And here's the thing. you got to always question, like, why am I? Why do I like these likes? Why do I like these comments? Is it because I'm making an impact or because it makes me feel good about myself because it feeds my ego? Because there's a lot of fucking people who it's all about their ego. Like, I'm going to post this cute po- picture of me and look how hot I am. And do you know how many people I know who've got... Look at my titties. Do you know how many people I know who have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 followers who have no business? It's nothing other than they just... And they're not really trying to convey any message other than they just like the fact that people yeah. like their pictures. And get, I'm going to tell you something. That's fine if that's your thing, but be careful with that because uh, it is fragile. And if you start attaching your happiness to oh, yeah. these people that you don't fucking know, that have no connection to you, that you're not really making an impact on, that they're just liking your shit, that's going to fall off at one point. And how are you going to feel about yourself? So be very careful. It's fragile. Well, I just read an article today on, uh, fuck, where, where, where did I read this, Adam? Um, fuck. I wonder if I remember, I'll look it up on my phone. Adam, I know, I know. Yeah, where, I just Adam. read it, though, so it's, a, it's, it's true. Weed's coming read to it. me, Adam. <laughs> it's, it's weed. They, no, they were talking about uh, trolls and how it's ruining the internet. How they're going, the, you know, it's becoming this epidemic of people that go through and they get just pure enjoyment of, on pushing people off the cliff. Mm. So in the past, like over 10 years ago, it was like the internet was, uh, you know, attract a lot of intellectuals and people that were, wow, we can share all this information and I can learn from people across the globe. And there was a lot more of that going on. Well, now it's become flooded. Everybody's on there. Social media is starting to take over. And now you're starting to get these people that enjoy the bullying and the pranking and all that stuff so much. All the, the shitheads. So, exactly, so they go out of the way to look for these people that are, oh, man, I'm so you know, depressed and sad. And instead of picking them up and lifting them up, it turns into this, like trying to push them off the edge and Man. shit. And it's, it's it. really, it's, it's <laughs> really <laughs> so sadistic. It is. It, Why am I laughing? But it's horrible. It's real. And yeah, no. and, and it, I just wanted to point that out because it goes along the lines with what you're saying right now of not allowing that to tie to anything. Like if someone gets on my page and tells me I should jump off a cliff, I don't give a fuck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, but Hey, if you're somebody who has attached themselves to this this Instagram and it you believe your likes and your comments is a representation of who you are. Oh bad. Well, Not isn't good. that I mean it's it's crazy because like you have your physical presence that used to be your identity was just your physical presence. Such a good point. And now it it's so much more than that and Such there's so much point. more you have to manage. So I would say if you if you don't have a good handle on all that, you should really limit the amount of exposure you have on the internet. Well, here's it. You know, this is what reminds me of. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was uh, Hicks and Gracie. Do you guys know who Hicks and Gracie is? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's one of the probably one of the best. Legend. Yeah, legendary jujitsu fighters from the legendary Brazilian jujitsu uh, Gracie family. 
And someone interviewed him and said, uh, you know, gosh, you're, you're a fighting legend. Like, man, like, how do you feel? People must come up to you and challenge you all the time. Like, don't you feel like, don't you have to, you must get in fights and stuff all the time. And Hickson's like, no, it doesn't bother me. And the guy's like, well, how can it not bother you? And he goes, how would you feel if a three-year-old child came up to you and threatened to beat you up? He goes, you would have no fear. You would have no anger. Because you're confident. It's a three-year-old. What are they going to do to you? Mm-hmm. And it made me realize, like, it's that kind of calm confidence. Like, when you're you're on your social media, you're doing your business, you're, you're doing what you're doing, and people come on there and they'll make a negative comment about your appearance or they'll make a negative comment about mm-hmm. your clothes or they'll talk shit about whatever. Um, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. That isn't you. That's every, That has everything to do with them. Yeah. The second I look at that person who I don't fucking know and I really don't care – and they're saying this negative thing to me and I start to like get angry with it or I start to own it. Like I'm owning it now. Mm. There's no reason for me to own it. Like they're going to say what they're going to say and it's like that has nothing to do with yeah. me. That has everything to this do. This is their enjoyment. Their, their enjoyment is to get some kind of reaction. And it's you. that calm confidence that yeah. well, I've always, that's okay. I've told you guys this that anytime somebody says something at all, I, I right away, especially if it's a negative or it's hurtful or the, the my initial reaction is not an emotional one of, fuck you or oh I can't believe you said that it's like I actually there's a uh, I actually pity that person or I feel bad for that person because I know that's a reflection of themselves you know anytime somebody makes a, a jab or a comment at someone it's a reflection of their own insecurities and then I see it's to me it's glaring because if you find if you find the need to point out a flaw or point something out to someone like that I right away go like oh man this that poor kid or this this poor guy or girl has a lot of shit going on inside of them they feel the need that they want to put me down to make themselves feel better and I, to me, I just shake my head. And, and you know, if you really want to be a dick, you can point that out. But most times, I, you know, I just let it slide because I think, like, they have so much to work on. And I'm most certainly not going to let them stop my stride in my day, you know. So these that's p- how you become what you're talking about. And that's a process. It's a process I'm still going through and I'm still working on. But it, it turns you – it makes you bulletproof. And if you truly want to be bulletproof – and by the way, yes, this is still – we're still on a fitness podcast. But, I, but this completely – uh, this completely relates to how you become with your own fitness and health is when you truly become confident and calm in yourself with who you are uh, and you become bulletproof, your fitness and health and longevity and all these other things that we talk about, they take on, it, it becomes effortless. It just takes on a life of its own and you notice that you no longer punish yourself with food and exercise and these things don't bother you because mm. you have that calm confidence. Just brush your shoulders off. It's, well, just, it's just no problem. You, I think it's very important and very tied to health and fitness. I mean, we when you're talking about too much, too often we tie health and fitness to uh, aesthetics and how we look, yeah. you know, and then what other people think of yeah, how whatever we look. the people expectations are for you and your process and all this kind of shit. Like, who cares about everybody else, dude? Like, the biggest thing you can get is is to figure out like where you are, you know, and what you want to accomplish personally, and and you just stay true to that true and you know what the uh it's this is hilarious because literally this morning so i'm going to i'm going to you know i work out in the mornings now and uh the uh, the place we go to you know club sport fantastic locker room amazing steam room just great area to chill there's a lounge in there whatever and it's interesting because i find myself less and less i feel less and less modest uh, what people the term people use but what i mean by that is i don't care as much if I'm totally naked, you know, while I'm changing or whatever. And I find Here it to be. Here we go again, Doug. I know. <laughs> I find it. No, I'll tell you something. This is funny. 
I find it very freeing. And it's not an exhibition way. I'm not trying, I'm not showing anything off, but I find that I care less and less about if people are going to look at me or whatever. And I, for a second, I took my mind, I was, I was thinking about this this morning and, I was, and how freeing it felt. And it made sense to me why people will do shit like that, like go to a nude beach or because it's a very freeing thing to feel that uh, uh, where you're confident and not feeling judged. Because if you think about it, if we strip everything down, some of the most basic things that we feel you know, self-conscious about, it's our appearance. We just feel so self-conscious about our appearance to the point where there's an entire billion dollar industry around clothes and covering yourself up and that, you know, there's a very freeing element to to it. And it makes sense to me now why nudist colonies is not, I'm not saying that you're going to go do that, but I'm just saying it makes sense to me. I used to think these people were just exhibitionists. I think I agree. But with it makes you. total sense. I agree with you, but I think it's just because we're getting old. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's what happens. Less fucks. Yeah. Maybe that's what happens. Just be honest. It, that's it, what I'm saying. It yeah. goes back to the zero fucks yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's less and less. That's yeah. it. Oh God! I forgot it's coming. Yeah, oh, it's coming. Chimera Quad. Today's Quad is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Henning BCKHS. He's asking about uh, what your thoughts are on electro stim training as a replacement to normal training. Awful idea. Yeah, so I read, so the whole post was, he was saying how it's a, uh, it's like a really big thing in uh, Germany. Let right me now. get a cattle prod and fucking poke you in the ass and see <laughs> if your glutes grow. You let me know. Zap you daily. I do that for fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, look, your glutes are getting bigger. That's why my ass keeps twitching. So he said it's this new, it's this new thing in Germany uh, that it seems to be popular. Um, two things. Number one, it's not a new thing. Stim has been around forever mm-hmm. uh you'll see it being used regularly in physical therapy yeah, offices therapy for the most part yeah and all it is is they'll place a pad on your leg for example hook it up to some batteries that then they'll send electric current to the muscle which causes it to involuntarily, involuntarily contract contract the stronger the current the stronger the contraction uh for the muscle um could it replace normal training? No, not even close. Yeah, where's the neuromuscular connection? Yeah, you're not telling the muscle no, to contract. You're not controlling that response. You're not controlling other muscles around it. Uh, you're not using it in a functional way. You're not moving it within a full range of motion. Because remember, muscles adapt in pretty specific ways. So if I only contract my muscle involuntarily in this one position, I may it may get better at contracting in that one person, but it's very <laughs> narrow. It's very narrow the scope of where you know what this reminds me of like maybe somebody manipulating my legs and like moving my legs so I could be a better running runner. Right. It's like, <laughs> that's a that's good analogy. Oh, he's picking up my legs and I got the perfect gait and stride. Okay, now I'm gonna go race. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's, like, it's not gonna work out very well. No, but now here's where you here's where I see there being benefit in Yeah, that. as I say, there is definitely benefit. There's benefit in that if you have uh, some kind of an injury or such poor recruitment that you just simply and this happens when people get injured, they can't like like I hurt my knee, it's been in a cast, whatever, I got surgery, 
I can't flex my quad. Like nothing, I, I just cannot activate this muscle. Mm-hmm. Even if I try and push, and my, but my knee is still hurting so bad that I can't do any exercise, I can't flex it or whatever, then I can put the stim on there and it'll get the muscle to flex. It'll minimize atrophy. It'll minimize atrophy and it gets me, it gives me familiar with that feeling of firing that muscle. Like, okay, I can feel it firing. I know what it needs to feel like. Um, I could see maybe some benefit to... Uh, like let's say you have really, really poor glute recruitment, but here's how you would have to use it now. This would be a major, uh, no pun intended, pain in the ass, but you'd have to get the stim machine, bring it with you to the gym, attach it to your glutes, fire it for five minutes, then do another movement like a hip thrust or something where you continue <laughs> to feel the muscle and then progress from there. Can we make Adam do this in a video? That would be amazing. <laughs> fuck just, off. You know what I'd want to do? I'd want to have it on one butt cheek just so we could see that one lift and, and drop. twitching yeah. majestically. So I so I have a stim machine that I bought. And, um, you I, have one? I do. I actually was just telling Katrina I wanted one ordered. Yeah, there, this is what I did it with. I, I would put them on my calves at night trying to just give more frequency, more volume. <laughs> did you really? I did, and I would work out on top of it. Of course it, you also, did. And um, really didn't do anything, but I did notice that when I use it on areas of my body that were tight, um, that it would help um, almost relax them because it would get them I to use, contract. I use it more like a massage, like a, a manual massage. Yes. So I use it a lot of my traps and my shoulders mm. uh, that get a lot of overusage, and I'll and I'll put it uh, in certain areas that it almost relax. It almost feels like a massage because it's just kind of lightly firing that that muscle gets the kind of blood flowing in that area and stuff. I, I find it more uh, useful for for that. The only other reason why I'd ever use it or recommend it to clients is just like you said, if it, injury, we can't lift. She just had, you know, ACL or full knee reconstruction. The next two months, we're not going to be doing anything related to a squat or anything serious. Throwing it on the quad or whatever to help with atrophy, I think it slows yeah, down. Yeah, you're still going to get atrophy, but it'll it'll you, help yeah, minimize yeah. it more. Yeah, it'll, but it's gains from it. No, get the fuck out of here. No. You know, I think you can e-stem yourself for 24 hours straight, five days a week, and then you could go squat one day, and you'll get more gains, of course, more muscular, more muscle gains than you will from a, an e-stem machine. I could, all day. I I would be interested in seeing like, what if we got, and I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but. You know, let's say I'm going to go do a bench press, put some stim on my pecs and uh, make it contract with my positive portion of the rest. Oh, God. And relax. <laughs> just to, I don't know, just to see what would happen. That sounds like a fucking cramp. That's what <laughs> that, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see if that does anything. But I, it's yeah. so it's so uh, like work intensive. There's so many moving parts that I don't I don't even think it'd be worth. Yeah, I, I think it would throw you off more. That would be that would be kind of fun to to test that <laughs> yeah. i would be interested to see what happened yeah. i don't see it working or helping much though i think it would throw you off you can buy bit. these you can buy them pretty cheap on amazon yeah, they're I like think like I got one. two to five hundred bucks or something like that. no 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 no. i got one for 40 bucks no way yeah 40 50 bucks it's really just, yeah it's just one unit it had four pads well they've gotten really cheap they're super cheap dude have i look i'm gonna tell katrina right they recycle for one they recycle these freaking stupid fitness uh you know, devices all the time. It's going to happen again. Mm. The fucking belt you wear around your waist and it does the stim yeah. on your abs. Every fucking 10 years that shit comes out. New, it works out your abs while you're just sitting there. It and contracts it them. them. Yeah, no. That, they, they've been coming out with that shit since the 70s, so... It's not new. I'm waiting for the one that just shakes my fucking fat off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have it already. They do have that already. I, I know. I just want to buy it. Silly as fuck. 
Kier C is asking, what do you guys think about saunas and steam rooms to promote health, recovery, and performance? Oh, we've been sitting in, in some some uh, steam rooms after well, workouts lately. I'll, yeah, we've been steaming. I'll start with a little anecdote uh, because now I have access to a steam room. And now that I've been doing it regularly, a couple things I've noticed. Uh, I haven't noticed anything in terms of like recovery, but I noticed my skin... Uh, is really starting to take on a new look. It feels and looks a little bit healthier. So I think because it's encouraging, you know, uh, circulation and encouraging mm. sweating or whatever. I think steam in general probably does that I to skin. I feel like it helps my breathing a little bit. Like just just taking in a lot of steam. Oh, dude, in your sinuses? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, it's that, great. That's the best benefit I've, I could see. Well, especially when you go to the ones like we get where they actually have the the eucalyptus uh, in mm-hmm. the in there right inside the uh, steam, so that yes. you can feel it when it goes through. It yes. just clears me out. Yeah. So I've noticed my skin looks a little bit different, and then what I do is I go from the steam to the shower, and I go straight to cold water. Well, let's talk about. And I the- feel invigorated. I feel really. Yeah. I almost get this little like boost of energy. At Eyes the end. are all like crazy dilated. I just feel really good. But here's my views on the health and recovery and performance and longevity, you know, potentials. Anytime you see something that, because do we have the science that supports um, the use of sauna, steam rooms, cold dips for longevity? Some science points to it, and then some science shows maybe not. Uh, however, anytime, and I, and the reason why I'm doing this is I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson now over and over again that. Just because we don't have science right now supporting it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have benefit because I will use fasting. I will use fasting as an example. Fasting has been used by cultures for thousands and thousands of years, has been heralded by Hippocrates and all these these ancient healers and all these Chinese medicine, all these these forms of medicine that are far older than Western medicine, who've advocated fasting, and for the longest time we've had zero science supporting it. In fact, doctors in Western medicine said, "No, it's bullshit. Fasting—you don't need to cleanse or whatever. Your body does a great job of it. Eat regularly. It doesn't That's make what it your good. livers for." And now we're getting science supporting yeah. the fasting, really backing up the anecdote. Well, going in steam, going in sauna, going in really cold water has been used for thousands of years by mm. cultures that have no contact with each other, cultures that have no influence over each other. So basically what you're what you're what I'm saying is you've got this culture over here that's 10,000 years old and they've been doing hot stones in a teepee and there's cultures over here that are doing dry sauna and then there's cultures over here that are doing steam and they're not even related to each other. They somehow came to the conclusion themselves that there's health and longevity benefits to it. There's probably something to it. It's, well, it's 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 so it's ingrained. logical. It's like it's it's the same thing with like overcoming uh, environmental stress. So if you think of this as an external environmental change that you're overcoming, like exactly. why why wouldn't that affect your body in a certain way? If it's affecting my core temperature, if it's affecting my skin temperature, if it's affecting the way that you know my blood flows and like my body's challenged in a different way, I, I would feel that there had to be some sort of. Benefit. Well, we just talked about this on a recent episode about any sort of like you know, exercise, it's a temporary stress. And, and, you know, and you, you said, man, I think I'm having, you said this on the episode, I think I'm having an epiphany right now that is it, could it be possible that any 
stress, any temporary stress applied properly. Yeah, applied properly actually has, like you said, no sleep. Like we talked how important sleep is, but yeah. maybe having a day where you don't sleep one day, you know, like that temporary stress, maybe that would actually have all these benefits that come along with it. And I would, I would venture hey, totally, dude. Yeah, totally. I, I would venture to say that the the putting yourself in a fucking super in an oven, you know, putting yourself in an oven for fifteen minutes occasionally uh, would for sure bode, dude. You know, it, I'm shocked. Uh, in like again, again, it shocks me at how consistent the concepts of adaptation are for across the board on across everything. the fucking board. Yeah. Because here's what I know. I know exercise very, very, very well. And here's what I know with exercise. It's a stress on the body. Apply it properly, and the body will adapt to that stress by getting stronger, getting healthier, getting more fit. If I apply that stress wrong by over-applying the stress, like if I go lift weights and I just beat the shit out of myself, I go to failure in every set, and I just hammer myself, I overcome my body's ability to adapt, and all my body's worried about is recovering, and sometimes it can't even keep up with that. Now, let's take that and let's apply it towards... The sauna. Towards, let's start with fasting. Oh, yeah. Let's apply it towards fasting. Uh, you know, I'm really good at fasting. That means I can fast for 48 hours and I feel okay. But let's say you've never fasted before and you're used to eating really poorly and, and, and frequently. Is a 48-hour fa- fast going to oh, be too be, much of a stress? You'll be miserable. <laughs> it's going to be too much of oh, a stress. Yeah. It's just like a sauna. You never sit in a sauna before. You know, it, Thank is, you. It, is it necessary for you to go at 200 degrees for 10 minutes? Like, no, like there's no, you're used to the hottest day. What hits 105, maybe hottest ever your body ever, ever feels in that 90% of the time you're in a fucking AC room. Well, I was just going to say in the past when I've used the sauna, I've got negative benefit results from it where I'd feel dizzy. Mm-hmm. I'd feel lethargic afterwards. And the reason was because I would go in a sauna or steam room in the past and my goal was to push it. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I'd sit in there and be like, okay, yeah, no. Same way. Like hard workout. Same, yes. same way people exactly. train the body, right? Yes. They, they, Damn they, it. I was guilty of the same thing. Bro, but, it's fucking. That's why I said it was an epiphany to me. Yeah. So now I treat it like exercise. Like I go in there, I challenge myself a little bit, yeah. and then I get out. And what I find is with the frequency that little by little, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm more and more comfortable hanging out in there a little longer, moving around a little longer, and I'm noticing health benefits. Again, it's anecdote. But that's what I'm noticing now. Same thing with a cold shower right afterwards. I used to go in a cold shower after the steam room, and it was fucking shocking. Now I go in the cold, and it's like I can kind of handle it. I feel like my body's starting to adapt to these changes in temperature, and it's got to have some positive effects on my health. And I can feel them. And like I said, it's been in these cultures for so long. Shit, in the Nordic countries, mm-hmm. like in Iceland, and stuff, it's a it's their culture. Yeah, that polar bear club or whatever. They would all jump in and, you know, they they they, they Dig a hole, basically, in the in this frozen lake, and they all jump in for you well, know ten minutes or so. I think it's important to note too that simple adaptations like that too are you know like working out or anything else overdone, and the more consistent you use it, the the less the change in benefits you're also going to notice too. Like let's say you decided to do the sauna every single day for the last year, what you felt and saw from it for the, in the first month or two, as far as the change in the health benefits are going to diminish by the year. Yeah, the your body, body adapts to it. It's become adapted to it, and mm-hmm. now it's it's easy. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I, these type of things I love to, because I, I, I utilize it for sure, and I like to intermittently put it in there versus, 
you know, I read a little bit of something and it goes, oh, wow, there must be benefits to this. I'm going to do this all the time, which is what I feel like mm-hmm. people do. Or I'm going to take it to the next level. Oh, the sauna is beneficial. They say, you know, a good 10 to 12 minutes. I'm going to do 15. Right. You know, oh, they say, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is such the mentality of us as humans is like we find out that there's a little bit of good of something. And then we then we want to take it to the extreme, thinking that we're going to get more benefits by pushing yeah. it further and harder. No, it's about changing things. Paul Ryan, 1987, is asking the best way to stay lean year-round, taking into account metabolic adaptation slash damage and the use of macro management and adaptation. What a great segue into this question. Uh, This is actually uh, related to the last question we just talked about with the sauna and steam room and like what Adam said about, you know, not doing it all the time. And Mm. let me explain what I'm talking about. The best way to stay lean year-round... Let's consider this. Uh, should you first? Can we address the people that that think they're lean year round? And really, can we say that, or do we want to wait? Save that. Oh, let's say. Well, no, I know where you're going. We'll save that for a second. Okay. okay. But here's the thing. There's a loaded pictures. I want you, if you're listening right now, and you and fitness uh, is something you're passionate about, and longevity. In other words, you're not just training for one specific event and then never training again. You want to be able to do this for the rest of your life. Okay. If you're that person. Hear me out. Rather than giving yourself like this lean body fat percentage that you need to stay at year round, give yourself a range. Give yourself a range of where you're going to allow your body to be. And that range should be, it could be 10 pounds. It could be 15 pounds. And here's why. The human body did not adapt in a constant state of everything being exactly the same. The The human body evolved in states of famine and feast, in states of cold and hot, in states of uh, uh, eating seasonally. Uh, This food is growing right now. Well, I I mean, humans are opportunistic eaters. This is why we're omnivores. This is why we can eat so many fucking different things because we almost went extinct many times and we learned to eat what was there. Uh, Sometimes tree with fruit. Guess what I'm going to eat right now? Tree with fruit. Sometimes... No fruit. All I have is this fatty, you know, salmon that I can catch. So I'm gonna eat that. And some bugs, bugs, uh, you know, whatever. Um, some if I have food, I'm gonna eat it. And I'm gonna gain a little bit of weight. If I don't have food, I'm not gonna eat as much. I'm gonna get a little leaner. So when when you're thinking about staying lean year round, I want you to give yourself this buffer and range that you allow yourself to be within because constantly trying to stay at 9%, 8% body fat, or if you're a female, 15%, 16% body fat, will not contribute to longevity in any good way. If anything, it will contribute to uh, poor uh, body image. It will con- it will contribute to uh, issues with food where you need to control everything a certain way. It'll take away from your life rather than contribute to your life. Mm-hmm. That being said, the best way to stay lean within a range is year round is to uh, keep health and longevity uh, on the forefront. Make that your ultimate goal. And the way you do that is, you know, by cycling things. Like I do find that my body does well, and this is for me personally, with relatively low carbohydrate intake. However, I do also understand that having that metabolic flexibility gives me benefits to my health. So I make sure to include them on occasion and I do make sure to include things like a day where I eat just vegan or a day where I'll include some starch uh, or I'll have some fruit or this is a food that's in season, you know, I'm going to throw some of this in there. 
And through doing that throughout the year, you'll end up finding that you're that you're able to stay healthy and relatively lean year round, and it's not a struggle all the time. And it's a it's a it's a good relationship with all these different things. And it's not you're not worried about this one period of time. Like I got to get in shape for this one event or one, you know, I'm going to the pool. It's just it's just like that always. Well, I'm glad you said that because I think that um, people are always asking us, you know, what what diet are you guys on, or how do you eat, or You'd be really surprised on how inconsistent we are with what we do. You know, we're aware of. There's certain things we're consistent with, but a lot of planned things we're not. inconsistency. Yeah, though. yes, you know, and the, but there's never like this diet or regimen that one of us is always following. Like whether it be ketogenic or vegetarian or carb cycling or, you know, none of us are like doing that nonstop. Like there's all these benefits to all those things. There's a benefit to carb cycling. There's a benefit to ketogenic. There's a, you know, there's a benefits to vegetarian. There's benefits of intermittent fasting. And we intermittently incorporate all of them into our nutrition regimen. Um, I wanted to point out that uh, a lot of people think that there's um, the social media stuff with like all these, you know, pro at my peers, right? It fucking drives me nuts. Most of these motherfuckers don't look like this most of the time. They don't look. We like know them. a lot of them. Yeah, and they don't. No, they don't. You look know what they like do? They save a shit ton of photos. Yes. Of when they were shredded. They look they like I look right now. You know, I look all right. I look fit, like I work out, but I don't look fucking shredded. You know, I walk around. You know, at my best. I think I'm, you're sexier like this, but anyway. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, I walk around uh, <laughs> at my horrible. best, six percent, and what I mean by at my best, I'm not talking about stage. I mean off stage, off season, between you know six to ten percent body fat. I'm right in that range. Um, and you know, it's, it's a very manageable body fat percentage for me. Six is a much, much harder. The more realistically is that seven to, you know, nine range is pretty, pretty easy, uh, pretty easy. Meaning I don't have to track and log everything. I make healthy choices. I include my intermittent fasting. I stay on my weightlifting routine. Um, it allows me this little bit of flexibility and, and I can still manage myself in good shape. So when you see these, you know, pro athletes that look like they're, you know, fucking shredded year round. They are not looking like that year round. They have taken photos and videos like crazy when they are completely shredded and they just have a library of them. How do I know that? Because I fucking have the same thing. You know, I just choose not to do that. I've got, I've got at least a hundred, a hundred to 200 photos and videos that no one's ever seen that I took like crazy when I was shredded. And I just don't do that. I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like giving that perception to people. I think that mind pump represents the opposite of that. And, you know, the, the peers that I work with or work around and, and deal with, like, dude, those guys are, and uh, most of them are actually more extreme than I am. They get way out, way out of shape in off season and carry a bunch of body and then they go to the other extreme. So, you know, main, you don't want to try and maintain that. It, like Sal said, I think it creates a very unhealthy relationship with one your your body image and then also with food it's it shouldn't be like that you know so no if you're a guy if you're a guy and you're you're constantly like okay i want to stay seven percent all the time or six percent all the time uh even if you were to do it right you you're know not my friend yeah <laughs> well even if you were to do it right even if you were to stay at six or seven percent year round and you were you know rel- trying to do it right and what i mean by right is you're you know, you're trying to eat this way and that. Just maintaining that lean of a body fat percentage for that long without letting it fluctuate is probably not good for you. You probably want to show your body that it can have a little bit more sometimes, that it can fluctuate a little bit. 
um, I notice detrimental effects. Uh, I'll, I'll say to myself, like, it's time to do what I call a mini bulk. I hate to use the word bulk, but I'll start to notice detrimental effects where I think I need more calories. I need to eat a little bit more. And then there'll be times when, you know, like right now, I'm like, I just don't need much and I feel good right now. And you just got to be smart enough to be able to do that and give yourself that buffer. For me, it's, it's a weight buffer more than body fat percentage where I'll say, okay, I like to stay between, you know, 188 to 195 pounds is like where I, where I like to, where I tend to stay and I let myself kind of fluctuate. I think that's one of the keys. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, we talk a lot about the, the mini bulk and mini cut, you know, is allowing yourself and we, we, and people say, well, what's the optimal time? And, you know, we've had debates of, you know, two to four week range somewhere in there that you should stay on the mini bulk, but that doesn't mean there hasn't been a time where I'm in a surplus for longer than that, or I'm in a deficit for longer than that, but it's just being aware of that, being self-aware of, uh, how long you've been eating this way and, and continuing to confuse the body. I'll give you an example. It just happened to be this weekend. So Thursday I took off uh, from Thursday all the way till Sunday. I was uh, out of town. I was with my best friend who was getting married and, you know, there was drinking involved. There was cake involved. There was eating out involved. There was lack of activity and exercise involved. So I definitely, you know, let my body go for the last four or five days and I'm very aware. I mean, last night was so last night, Katrina, we get home and we're like, hey, you know, we're back on our, our routine and regimen come Monday. What do you want to have for like your last, you know, hurrah, pile the last bit of shit on what we've been doing already. Well, let's go have some pizza. So we had, <laughs> so we had pizza last night and, you know. I literally got up at one, then at three, then five, and this morning on the on the toilet and Diarrhea, it just my my stuff. And then and today I'm just not right today. Like I, people, a lot of people just ignore those signals. You know, they feel that they ignore it. And I most certainly can go today, and I can keep piling on the shit, and soon my body will get adapted to it. Then you start looking like a pile of shit. And then soon, you're right, and soon my body will start to tell me that it will get adapted to allowing all that shit in there, and then I'll stop getting the signals, and then it will feel fine, and it will feel good, and I'll be okay. And then, and this is what happens to people. Do yeah. not ignore those signals. If you've been eating good, you've been eating clean, you decide to enjoy yourself a little bit, by all means, do that. Be human. Allow that. There's lots of positives that happen to that. It creates yeah. that. If you're not craving nutrients and like like healthy, like whole foods, like that's something you better address. Yes, you've adapted. If you, exactly, if you never want a big ass salad, you never want fruit, yeah. you never want like, any of these nutrient dense foods, that's because you've, you've been eating a lot of yeah. shit and you've let your body adapt. Chances are you're walking around and you look like a pile of shit. <laughs> Just nicely, just gonna be honest. Nicely put, right there. But there, there's something to be said about allowing the metabolic flexibility. So allowing yourself to kind of detour for a day or two or whatever. But then also not ignoring the signals that your body gives you as feedback. Because if you do ignore them, you continue on that track. Trust me, the body will also get adapted to eating pizza and fucking ice cream every night. Well, and then sooner or later, you're on this fucking tr this uh, train that ain't stopping, man. Well, look, uh, health also has a lot to do with social health, your mental health, your relationship with your partner or your friends. Like you were at an event. What was the event? Your friend got married? Yeah. Friend got married. Uh, this is a social health event. This is not about you being fit. You're not there working out. You're not there, you know, trying to nourish your body with nutrients. You're there to nourish your relationships with your friend and your family. And that means you drink alcohol you eat what you know you party you have a good time 
I did the same fucking thing this weekend. It's funny you brought that up. Like, oh, really? Yes, yeah. I partied this weekend. Me too. I partied this Let's weekend. Let's high five. But I tell you what, it was because I was nourishing the relationships. I was nourishing, you know, the people I was around. I told everybody I'm nourishing this moment with you guys. Yeah, it's no. I mean, it's that's part of and they being. They said that I was weird. It's part of being healthy. But like Adam says, then pay attention to those signals, and then realize like, okay, now it's time to, you know, nourish the, my body, my health. My mind. And the funny thing is, too, knowing what I know, I can mitigate some of the damage caused by some of that stuff. So, for example, uh, you know, if I if I know I'm going to eat or drink, you know, I'm going to drink lots of alcohol, I will do things that I know protect uh, my brain. I will make sure that I'll be in ketosis leading up to it because I know ketones are neuroprotective. Um, I'll use nootropics. Um, you know, Chimera Coffee's got nootropics in it, some really, really good ones that I know are neuroprotective. So I'll make sure to have, you know, some of that in the morning and I'll put some MCT oils in there so I can, again, have those ketones. Um, I may do things uh, like I'll take a little bit of melatonin at night because the melatonin I know has got some neuroprotective properties and I know it'll help me sleep. And so I'll, I'll, tr- I'll mitigate some of the damage, but I'm not going to like you know, be at this party and say to him, I'm not going nuts with it. And the reason why I'm not going nuts is for the same reason. Like if I go crazy with the drinking and the food, then it becomes about the drinking and the food. I'm at this event or I'm hanging out with this person or these people. And I'm, cause I want to build this part of my health, which is the relationships I have with them. So I, two ways I can go that can be wrong. One way is I could be like, no, fuck that. I need to be lean and not eat. just be super, super, super strict. Now I'm not, Catering now, I'm not taking care of the, the that health part of me, the social health part of me, or I can go the opposite direction and be like, I'm with my friends, I'm gonna go fucking nuts, I'm just gonna eat everything and drink everything. Well, now it's not about being with my friends, it's not about nourishing those relationships, it's about again the food, it's about me going apeshit with the food. So really, it's just being, you know, you have to go in there and understand the type of health that you're 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 fostering there. It was about my friends and family. It, it wasn't all about the drinking and the, and the eating, but it was, I allowed those things to happen. You know, you loosen up with the alcohol, you have a great time, you make those connections, um, and that's it. Yep. This next question is from Watch Me Take It. <laughs> <laughs> is this on Red too? Yeah, well, yeah right. Yeah. Take what? Yeah. Is this on right. a Mind Pump TV like, channel? Like a, a cucumber, or what are we talking about here? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> This person is asking, how do you guys balance out giving free content and making a living and paying the bills? We this haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a work in progress. Yeah. What a what a perfect question. Like, okay, so li- I'm going to just air shit out a little bit. Yeah. Like we always do. You put our laundry out there. Why not? Uh, literally, <laughs> Stinky. Be- before we- Can we start a GoFundMe account first yeah, before exactly. you say all this? Exactly. <laughs> before we started recording this episode, we're in here and we're discussing, we're talking about our revenue and production and what we're doing and uh, how there's certain things we're doing very right and some things we're not doing very right. And so Doug, Doug is uh, definitely the, the one that kind of, he pays attention to the more organizational type of stuff. So he's basically outlining uh, how bad we are at the certain sides of the business, inventory and tracking this and tracking that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good because we realize that we've done as well as we've done just because we love to give. We love to give information and some of our talent. But it, and it's also good, though, because we're realizing there's a lot of stuff uh, that we're missing. Yeah, we can improve. That we're missing and that we can improve upon. But at the end of the day... Here's the thing. At the end of the day, uh, if we're going to be totally honest with ourselves, what really 
excites us and really makes us passionate is impacting people. And the nature of the beast is lots and lots and lots of free content. Now, if I take it a step further, if I want to analyze that from a business perspective, it's also smart business because the more free shit we give out, the more, like our YouTube channel, let me tell you something right now. We only have, as of the time recording this, I don't know, 1,400 uh, people subscribe. We just started our our YouTube channel. It's Mind Pump TV. Uh, only 1,400 people uh, right now. It's growing pretty rapidly. But if you look at it, you, you, you look at the, you can tell the quality and the, the information we're putting out. And it's, we're not getting anything for it. We want to give out as much information as possible. We want it to be really good. We want it to represent us. But we also know business-wise that that free content will come back to us in more of an impact, more of a following, more of people listening to us, you know, being in people's ear more, being you know, in front of people's eyes more. So really, you know, the nature of the beast nowadays is you got to be really, really good at giving out free content before you could ever expect to make a dime yeah because it's hard to make a dime without that well it's being it's being growth minded too like a lot of people I, th- I feel like that that sort of famine mentality of um you know most of these businesses you'll see like so people that are doing things and selling supplements or uh promoting certain things there's a there's a shelf life on that and they feel it and they know that, you know, they, they have to hustle as hard as they can to squeeze as much out of everybody as they possibly can in order to, you know, make this a, su- a success and basically write off and do something else. Well, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing long term. And what we're doing is we're trying to provide as much information as we can to then attract different types of people. Everybody has something else that led them to our show and we feel like the more opportunities we can place out there to attract a different kind of person to get into what we're trying to do, you know, we find that as a win. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you become a, a, you know, a listener of ours and you want to then try and contribute to what we're doing, like that's where we, we get the benefit reward thing going on. And also we provide programs that are specific. So a lot of our information, you know, it's kind of shotgunned out there. You're going to find a lot of great information on the podcast. You're going to find a lot of information on the videos and all that. But how do you put it all together in a nice, tight, uh, uniform sort of fashion? Well, we thought of that too, but that's what we have to sell. That's that's the thing that, uh, you know, once you trust in what we're talking about, once you see all the effort and information that we've we've put into this, uh, that's really where you can, can see it presented to you in, in the fashion that we want through our program. Well, being being straightforward too, like, and, and very blunt and I... Lane Norton said this, and I've said this, I quote, I think a couple times on the podcast that, you know, success is the battle of attrition. And uh, that couldn't be more true in in what we're doing. You know, first of all, when we entered all this, the the four of us were very successful uh, entrepreneurs outside of Mind Pump. So that, that helps a lot. Let's be honest. I mean, if we were four guys that all got together and said, hey, let's build this business and we all were, were, weren't making very much money or weren't very successful beforehand, it would be very, very challenging to have done what we've done right now. You know, we've given, we didn't pay our, we didn't give ourselves our, and, I, and everyone's probably cringing right now in the room as I'm about to share some of our finances, but we didn't pay ourselves uh, any money for the entire first year. And the first time we paid ourselves was in January and it was $1,000. 
and you can't fucking make it. Boom, <laughs> bitch. You can't make any money off of, or Rich. you can't make a living yeah. off of Take a, that shreds. a thousand dollars uh, a month. Now, of course, we especially when you live in, yeah, the average home price where we live is a million dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. so obviously those those that have been listening for a long time know that we recently went full time. So we're obviously we're all not paying ourselves a thousand dollars anymore. But that gives you an idea that it took a year before we can even give ourselves a fucking dime. Um, so you can't just uh, expect to get into something like this and okay, we're gonna you're gonna be turning revenue the next day. We also knew that you know we had to create ourselves as as an authority, which require like you can't just come out because. And this is what I don't like. I don't like when you see PhDs or people come out there and they just you know I am I went through all the schooling. I am authority and buy what I have to sell you like. We, we don't have that, right? None of us are PhDs in here. So we had to build that credibility through giving out free information for a long time. And a lot of it, you know, we've had to drown people with help and, and, and giving and giving and giving and giving. Now that we've created this, this following of people among, on all of our social media platforms, now it makes it a lot easier to ask. So once you've given so much that people, and this, we get this feedback a lot. So, I mean, being straightforward, a lot of people that have purchased things for us, some people will buy things and they're just like, man, I feel I, sh- I need to buy from you guys because of how much you've helped me through free information. And so that makes it a lot easier to uh, produce revenue or versus coming right out the gates and like, oh, we have all this stuff for sale and trying to convince people to buy, to buy, to buy. It's like, no, the approach was let's give. Let's give, 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 give. Man, I don't think we even, we didn't even have a website up and running to where we even sold a single program for the first six months, right, mm-hmm. Doug? Is that something like that? The first six months or so? Yeah, first three first three or four months before we even had the first uh, website up to where we even offered anything for sale. And we really didn't even start to push it uh, that way without with commercials and things on our, our show until almost a fucking year in. So we spent a lot of time knowing that we needed to give. And that's the same thing with this YouTube channel, like Sal said, like, Ultimately, we hope that if if we have as many listeners, as many people that are listening to the podcast that actually go over to the YouTube, you know, we'll get paid through ads and advertising through YouTube. And that's the ultimate goal. And that's one of the ways that those of you that are listening that have enjoyed uh, listening to the show and that we've helped out in any way. I mean, not even asking for a dollar from you guys. You can help us by just going and subscribing and sharing. That's huge for us because, you know, when we start to get into the millions of people then we can get YouTube's going to fucking pay us and other companies will pay us. We don't even need your money. We can continue to provide free service and free information, and free help. And that's really the model of what we're building is, is to drown people with information and content to where literally we put every fucker out of business because we deliver something that is better, more professional, more content for free for everybody. But the, in order for us to do that, I mean, we really need the help of all of our listeners to go on and listen and subscribe and share all this stuff. And for the most part, I feel like a lot of people have. We've gotten a lot of most, most all of this business has grown um, through word of mouth and sharing. We haven't paid big advertising. We haven't done a bunch of uh, shit like that. And we've, we've really relied on impacting people like Sal said and giving to people in hopes that, hey, and, and I feel that way. I feel most people, when you genuinely care and you genuinely give like we have with with a with a true heart, with good intentions, I think a good majority of people feel that, and and they and they want to give back and help in any way. And I feel like uh, a lot of where we're at and that that balance of being able to make a living has come from that. Has come from people that truly want to support us, and 
we have a if you're not already on the forum um you get you get to hear us kind of express this more on there because i really feel like the people that are on the forum have been with us for a long time they're some of our biggest supporters that's our ogs it is those are some of our biggest supporters in what we do and we try our best to continue to give back and to express that to express how much we value them and 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 tell them that man you guys have really helped this business grow to where it's at and to be honest it's barely the beginning right now. Well, There's fucking so much more coming. You know? you know, it's funny, like training people, you know, having clients. Uh, I would always say this one thing to them because inevitably people would get frustrated with their progress. They would get frustrated because either starting with me and my goal and I'll be straight up with them and say, you know, we're going to get you healthy before we even think about losing your 30 pounds or before we even think about these these cosmetic goals you have. We need to make you healthy first. And so they would get frustrated sometimes because, you know, Sal, it's been three months and I would always tell them, trust the process, trust the process. You're doing everything right and it's going to happen. And of course, sure enough, before they knew it, they lost the 20 pounds, metabolism is faster. They're feeling great, better than they ever have. And the weight never came back on. Well, you know, same thing here. Like we're, we're, we're trusting the process and the process is to be who we are provide the information that we want to you know provide that we want that we know will impact people in a positive way and that's the process we got to continue to pressure cuz that's what'll make us grow and look at the end of the day here's the bottom line guys at the end of the day if i just support myself if i can just support myself and this is my job i think i fucking succeeded yeah. i have yeah. succeeded at life Amen. Be- because i get to sit in here bullshit with you guys laugh have a good time do what i love talk to people and i can pay my bills I don't need any more than that. It's good stuff. Yeah, lead out by helping people. That's it. That's it. And if you want to help us, go to mindpumpmedia.com. You can check out our programs there. Uh, <laughs> on that note. On that note. Uh, help us out, please. Yeah, you can also uh, leave us a five-star five rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we think it's one of the best ones, you'll get a free T-shirt. And, of course, go to YouTube, Mind Pump TV. It's our new uh, YouTube channel uh, with some pretty awesome videos. Uh, we're getting a lot of good good feedback on them right now, so check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.